Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, phone, and security services. Smithville. Local Pride, Global Technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering gourmet pizzas, hot submarine sandwiches, and salads with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com. 332-4495 for delivery. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And we're, uh, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas today. It's a special holiday program. Today we've uh, pre-recorded the show and we're going to talk about uh, various holiday traditions, primarily Christmas and Kwanzaa. We uh, realize Hanukkah has come and gone and we considered having somebody on to talk about Hanukkah as well. But we'll wait for next year perhaps on that. With us in the studio are the Reverend Patricia Effiam of Bethel AM. Me and Father Bob Keller from St. Paul's Catholic Center. Thanks for being here with us today. Glad to be Thank here. You it's great to have you. So it's uh, Christmas Day for those of well, it's not yet for us, but it's Christmas mm-hmm. Day for, for all those, those listening. All those listening mm-hmm. to us today. So tell us about uh, Father Bob. Tell us about what you've been up to today and uh, what you will be up to on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. Well, Christmas Eve will begin it for mm-hmm. us in many ways, and uh, it's it's. When I was a child, that wasn't quite as important. It was more of a, a time for the family being together and um, meatless meals. That was the big thing for us as Catholics because before a big feast, you always had days of fast and abstinence, but uh, not so the, these days. <laughs> and in the contemporary times and over at St. Paul Catholic Center uh, last night, we would have had a 5 o'clock mass where there's a pageant. It's sort of like the uh, the manger scene recreated by all these kids and that's – Probably a pretty important thing for them and it's a wonderful thing for families. And then we had another mass. That would be a vigil mass. That's the one I had. And then a midnight mass. Mm-hmm. And then this morning at 1030, we would have a mass as well for the, mm-hmm. for the folks. So, uh, so you're able to sleep in though. A little. A little <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. After a midnight mass, I yes. think you need a little extra yes. rest. You know, it takes a while to slow down after that. Sure. Yeah. And Reverend Effiam, how about at Bethel AME? <laughs> well, on Christmas Eve, we are we are fortunately very quiet, or unfortunately, it's a very quiet time for us, but we have a Sunday morning 8 a.m. service. Um, and it's a fairly brief service. It's, an, it's um, 8 to 9. Um, so we'll do some singing, um, have some words of encouragement or sermon, um, and then we'll go home and spend the rest of the day with family. Mm-hmm. All right. So do each of you have a special Christmas message that you work on and how, when, do you, when do you start? Is it, is it different than a typical Sunday service in terms of how you really want to be on? You know, it's a special day you really want to be on. Father well, Bob? I know for us <clears throat> that would be true and there's a couple of reasons. Um, whatever – for whatever reasons, I think people, uh, Christians, a lot of times attach themselves to the major feasts. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true for a lot of religious traditions. So Christmas is one of those, Christmas and Easter. So it's also a great opportunity to interface with people. And um, I think that what I've always hated is if a priest gets on people's case, you know, as if you, you – I haven't seen you before. It's like, mm-hmm. like what does that do? I mean I'm here, you know. Take, I take it for what it's worth. I remember that growing up. We, we were very, you know, devout when every, you know, every holiday and every um, church holiday and then we'd all kind of moan because the church would be so full on Christmas and yeah, Easter yeah. but people would only come on Christmas and Easter. And our priest would do just what you described. He'd yeah. take his – Take a shot at him while he had him. You know, and, and, and isn't that kind of negative reinforcement? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I think welcoming is very important. But I think mm-hmm. that what we really want to do, and again, for us, we're taking the scriptures of the day. And, and granted, it's sort of like it's about birth. But uh, if you look at this, the texts that we're dealing with, a lot of it is marginal people. I mean, they're shepherds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were marginal people, and, and uh, there were a lot of folks skeptical of them because they're not with their families. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing uh, being away from your families at night? Of course, taking care of their, their, um, their commerce or something, that's all they mm-hmm. had. 
But their families were sort of unattended in many ways. And so the people would say, you know, that's a, that's a bad job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it, you're dealing with, um, you know, people that are on the road. So they're kind of marginal in some ways because they're not at home. So mm-hmm. in a sense, the scriptures are dealing with that. But we're, we're not talking then to say, well, we're marginal people, except maybe we ought to be marginal people uh, in as much as if we can switch off our consumptive button for a moment here and really at least for this hour and maybe it can infuse into our family when we go home too or wherever with whom we are to not be the commercial people or the buyers and the sellers of the world and for a moment just be people Mm -hmm. and that's a spiritual thing and I think that the messages uh, are trying to help us to see the spiritual things because Interestingly, of course, one of the texts juxtaposes this birth of this child. It's in a, and the manger wasn't so bad. I mean, it, basically, if you've been over to Europe, sometimes in certain places, you see that the house and the uh, the barn, as it were, they're they're just back to back or something like that. So there's a lot of back and forth. So this wasn't like they were uh, castaways totally, but there's a small town and there's this kind of insignificant birth, much like ours juxtaposed to the emperor of the, of the world, you know, I mean the Roman emperor. And what they're saying is that the importance of what it means to be persons. Mm-hmm. And so I think in some ways we're trying to get that out. But it's not just breathing, functional, again, the consumers of the world kind of thing. But there's a real spiritual element. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that you can try to illuminate through story at times. Maybe it's family mm-hmm. stories that also have more to it than that. And again, with these readings, because um, it's not just clear in any respect always. Mm-hmm. It's something you have to kind of abide with. And so um, so that's kind of a funny uh-huh. thing. But I think mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe somebody comes to a, a Christmas service for 12 or 15 years in a row and if they, if they kind of hear this encouragement to to look deeper into their own lives, mm-hmm. much beyond just the the, the rhythm of days mm-hmm. as it's had. And, and that's what Christmas is about. I think and maybe Kwanzaa too. It kind of stops us and it makes us just kind of look at ourselves uh, from a different angle and just to start saying there's something more to us and what is that deeper part of our heart or soul if you want to call it that and say – what does that mean to us and, and make them become what does it mean to the world? Mm-hmm. Reverend Ephraim, uh, well, how about your message? Um, it, is, it is generally um, much like Father Bob. It is a, it is a message of hope, um, but it is a great celebration for us on Christmas morning. Um, and we really play up the four, se- the four Sundays of Advent and this being just a season of waiting and mm-hmm. expectation – and through those four Sundays, I try to very much um, give the message to the people, what is it that we're waiting for? And so often they think they're waiting for the gifts under the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to talk about what the gift that Christ that, uh, that was given to us through Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the day of his actual birth on Christmas Day, um, then we really celebrate the fact that this gift has been given to us, um, but it is meant for us to take and share with the world. So that we don't get to be selfish in that. And so while the presents are nice and that's okay, I I try not to condemn that at all because I like presents myself. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, I try to – but really the reason for this day is that this is a gift that was given to us and we have to receive the gift into our hearts and then we have to share that gift and that gift is love. And the important piece for us is that that the people of the congregation and the community – because I agree with you, um, Father Bob, in that we often see people that we never see any other time of the year. And what we want to do is not only welcome them, but to allow them to feel a sense of love and acceptance and to know that this is an opportunity for all of us because this is the the celebration of the Christ child. This is an opportunity for all of us to engage or to re-engage with a community that we have been disconnected from. So our hope then is is to encourage their um, rejoining of some congregation. So it's not necessarily hours, but some congregation, but but giving them the sense that I really am going into a new year, that something has happened um, through the symboli- symbolization of this birth. 
um, that will allow me to start anew and not have to consider where I'm coming from necessarily. How do you help your um, parishioners, if you will, balance the commercialism of the season versus the spiritual aspect of it? I think that's so important and um, something that we all deal with. So it's a difficult thing and it's a Mm -hmm. difficult thing to – Explain to your children that, well, yes, we are doing a lot of shopping and spending a lot of money, but, you know, here's why or, you know, that's only part of what's going on here or part of why we have the season. How do you, hand, how do you handle that with your parishioners, Father Bob? Well, I think one of the things uh, our parish and a, and a lot of other churches are involved in like a Christmas sharing of some sort. So as they're going out to buy, as it were, um, a lot of our families – had these ornaments that came from a tree that were for another family. So uh, what I've really found interesting is some of our families will take off the ornament that's age-specific. So it's like I have a child that's 10 years old. So I'm looking for that ornament for another 10-year-old child. And then their child is going to buy for this other child who's anonymous to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's a kind of a consciousness that um, there's more to what's going on here than just what we're getting or something. So it's like there's a – maybe it's a give and a take. You know, mm-hmm. we get some things but we have to – we need to give some things and, and that's very important. So I think that's important. Um, as, as you mentioned, uh, Reverend Ephraim, uh, about Advent, you know, I, I, again, that's very big for us as Catholics. And I know that uh, there are some families that will have this like a wreath. Uh, it's a wreath with four candles that kind of commemorates these four weeks or these four Sundays yeah. of Advent. And they use it maybe for prayer. So it's like on their kitchen table where they're going to eat. And so that might be another way of just adding more to what's going on for the season. And it, it doesn't have to be large. But, you know, that sort of focalizes things. So those are a couple of the things that happen. And we, we likewise, we we really try to offer many opportunities for giving in our congregation. So we participate as a church in Operation Shoebox, um, but we also have started a harvest ministry that started right before Thanksgiving so that they may bring food and canned goods um, that we can give to the community. We make sure that we provide for a number of families. Uh, we participate in a Thanksgiving and a Christmas meal um, that's for the community. Um, so we have opportunities for service as well. Um, but also through Bible study and Sunday school and and the preached word, um, I really we try to share together this idea that this is not a season about what you receive, um, but but what you give, and that the the we all have the gift. We've all been given the gift of love, and that is what we're supposed to give. So whether you have money um, or not that we all have a gift to share and that if we can focus on sharing that gift in this season. And then we try to have opportunities during worship um, to share how you have shared your love with somebody else. All right. I want to remind you that we are pre-recording. Our, we pre-recorded our show for Christmas Day, the celebration of Christmas, and we have two guests with us in the studio: Reverend Patricia Effiem from Bethel AME, and Father Bob Keller from St. Paul's Catholic Center. So you can't call us today, but we hope that you'll be uh, you'll enjoy the program, and perhaps uh, it will help you uh, celebrate the the Christmas Day. Um, we we didn't uh, talk about uh, we aren't talking about Hanukkah today because it's over. I have to say that I, I've, I'm Jewish. I was born Jewish, raised Jewish. Uh, but Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year. I, I just, <laughs> it truly is. And, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you all have talked about, obviously, I don't look at it in the same way religiously. Mm-hmm. However, it's such a great time to share. Uh, I think this the spirit of the season can uh, infect everybody, mm-hmm. and I think it's just such a great, mm-hmm. such a great time. I want to change to Kwanzaa yeah. briefly because. You have a couple things going on. You have Christmas and then Kwanzaa begins tomorrow. It, Kwanzaa does begin tomorrow. We are – now our congregation as a whole does not celebrate Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is not a religious – it was never created to be a religious or political um, holiday but rather a time for um, the African community, African-American community to remember um, their African roots, um, mm-hmm. our African roots. And so it is a seven-day celebration that marks um, an understanding, a change 
chance for, as you said earlier, um, Father Bob, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to take a pause, take a breath, and to remember from whence we came um, mm-hmm. and what the values of our four parents were. Um, and so it is – so we do not celebrate it as a church, the church as a whole, but individual families I know do celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there are several I, – I got a little history of Kwanzaa yes. sheet here. And there are several things that um, – several principles that yes. are involved with Kwanzaa. Unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity and and faith. Yes. Um, where do those come from? Well, those are prior to – if you understand the, the history of the African people, um, they were always a people who believed in a higher power, always a people who understood um, that there was somebody greater than they were. And those were values that were very important to the people before they ever even landed in the Americas. Uh, and so this was um, the founder's way of trying to reach back into the past and remind – there has always been this disconnect with um, the African-American people in the country who didn't necessarily know where their roots were. Um, And so during the the civil rights movement, there was really this push um, to try to understand who am I? Um, and, and, and I know that I'm an American. I accept that. But, but who am I beyond that? And where are my roots? And what did I come from? And what did my people believe? And so this was an attempt to reach back into the past and to figure out um, where our roots were and what we were grounded in. And so these principles were developed not necessarily as an exact replication, but rather um, as an understand, a general understanding of who the African people um, were. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's interesting because uh, this time of year, a lot of people who don't know any better think about Christmas, mm-hmm. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and they really aren't the same thing by mm-hmm. in, in any stretch of the imagination. I have a very good Jewish friend in town. Um, I'm not going to mention his name because a lot of people probably know him who said, yeah, Hanukkah is great. It's like the Jewish Veterans Day, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> you know, Judah Maccabee and that whole story is mm-hmm. a very militaristic kind of story. And it, it's it's one of, you know, great hope and mm-hmm. and all. But it's it's a different – it's not like yeah. the High Holy Days in, right. in the Jewish uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. Christmas mm-hmm. is a much different kind of holiday and as and day and mm-hmm. celebration and as you just mentioned Kwanzaa is much different mm-hmm. from from that it's not a spiritual day but it's still a great time of year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one of the uh, critical aspects I I sat on a panel a few Christmases ago um, with uh, a friend of mine who is Jewish and we talked about um, one of the uh, women in the audience talked about her children being offended because they were Jewish and you know they would go into the stores and do some shopping and I guess one of the women at one of the local stores said Merry Christmas and she talked about how insensitive society can be around these holidays and and my my feeling is that we're sharing love um, regardless of which holiday it is we ought to be sharing love and if my way of sharing love is Merry Christmas um, if you can receive that as as I'm gifting you you with something that's that's you know important to me. Not that you need to receive it in the same way that I give it, but understand that I'm offering you something in love that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that point of view. I've, mm-hmm. I've uh, you know I hear things like that, and it just kind of drives me crazy mm-hmm. because it's it's just a, it's a very nice thing for somebody to say to me or to anybody else. And I don't see any reason to be offended by it. Though. Yeah, that's a great way to, to frame it. And I think that for all of us right now who are nervous about saying Merry Christmas or, you know, we have, okay, it's, ha- it's happy holidays. That way I'm not going to make anybody upset. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's a, that's a wonderful way to frame it and a great way. That's another thing you can share with your children no matter what somebody says to you. If it's, in, if it's with an attitude of love and peace, then right. try to accept the emotion behind it as opposed to the actual words. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Yeah. Right. So what are some of the – Father Bob, what are some of the traditions that you particularly uh, like about Christmas Mm -hmm. in this time of year? Time off. (laughs) (laughs) It was always semester breaks. Um, (laughs) And snow, you know. I'm giving him an A for honesty. (laughs) uh, And and what's very interesting, uh, last – or Sunday on the 20th, we actually had a little uh, concert. It was a Latin American music. And the interesting thing for them, their whole consciousness is summer. It's the hottest time of the year. Right. It's beach time. And all. So it's very different to say, oh, I remember snow and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> um, and I suppose 
we probably draw back on family traditions of whatever we grew up with. And, mm-hmm. and so when I think of Christmas and I'm also thinking of New Year's, for me that's French meat pie. <laughs> and it was something my grandma would make. She was um, – my maternal grandmother lived in our home for a number of years. And uh, so it was like that was just one of the things somewhere in December mm-hmm. we were making this mixture of some kind of a ground beef and pork and there was some potatoes and, and it was made in a pie. And then it was frozen and the only time we ever ate it were on these two particular mornings. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the kind of thing I would remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think – you know, as much as there was – you know, Santa Claus was supposed to be sure. around too and he would come yeah. in like – but that wasn't such a big thing. Yeah. I, I think uh, – Eating, eating with some family members. I had a small family mm-hmm. and even within our town uh, where I was growing up, we just had some great aunts. So we would go out to uh, these aunts' house, mm-hmm. which is a f- the original farm. Mm-hmm. And there's one of these huge farms out there now. And they still had the barn but nothing in it, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But a big white square house with mm-hmm. a, a wraparound porch and all this kind of thing. And, and I can remember uh, as we were waiting for whatever the dinner was, uh, like we'd be in the front room, these two large parlors or something, and they'd be, they had trees in there and it was just quiet. And somehow that was okay. It was like right. one of the still points for us and uh, just in some ways being dazzled by lights, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and these these ornaments that just kind of like, I don't know, they were like suspended in air, you know, mm-hmm. but when you're little, yeah. th- there's magic all right. over the place. Mm-hmm. Right. But just some of those kind of glittery things and it wasn't – um, so th- those would be the kinds of things that were were awesome, and I think mm-hmm. just the fact that we were all together, you know, this mm-hmm. the family was just together, and we didn't like you were talking about Reverend Patricia. Uh, it's just sort of like we're just together today. There's nowhere to go, nowhere to be, and. When I was younger, we didn't have football games in yeah. home. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yes. So yeah. it might be more like we'd have music, you know, and mm. I think that um, the the carols are a large part of our tradition, at least Catholic and maybe Christian. There's just this uh, repertoire that we have that mm-hmm. can kind of you, you you can kind of dive into them. It's like anybody's music when you when you're really hot on the music or something, you get past initial learning of the words or learning of the melodies and then all of a sudden, it, it kind of carries you somewhere else. So um, I, I probably could say I can remember waking up early and going downstairs mm-hmm. and sitting in the dark with I think maybe just the tree lights happened to be on mm-hmm. and um, putting on in a low tone because my parents didn't want to wake up but just – turning on um, a, a record. Mm. We had records those days. I, <laughs> I definitely and remember And just that. listening, you know, it was listening to something like a Percy Faith, you know, mm. but it's just, you know, and it was just sort of like being in a space, but it's not just existing. It was being somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and so some of those kinds of like, again, it's sort of like this stepping back time. And I think that's what holidays are all about yes. for all of us. Yeah. It, it just takes us and moves us away from where we've just been because sometimes we're almost slaves to that mm-hmm. in many, many ways. And we discover the other elements of our humanity and, and depth of our souls. So mm-hmm. some of those things come out along with great meals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some, you know, and uh, the first time I ever had real espresso coffee. <laughs> you know, but, and we probably have some, you know, uh, cranberries even after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know. It's the, so there's, there are uh, lots of other rambunctious things that mm-hmm. probably come out. But I think that's, for me, at times, it's some of those quieter moments. Yeah. Yeah. Reverend I Well, you know, I probably would echo a lot of what Father Bob has said, yeah. only because, first of all, I think Christmas is a time of remembering. But because it's the holiday season, it allows us that opportunity to slow down and to do things differently. Um, you know, we have, the kids are out of school, so you have more family time, whether you mm-hmm. like that or not. Um, and yeah. so, you know, it's, it's a time of gathering that sort of pushes us into remembering. Our family had um, an incredible tradition growing up. Well, my husband and I and our children, uh, where the day after Thanksgiving, we would set up our tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and always the, that day, one gift for every person went under the tree. And it was the beginning, and we would, once the tree was up, it was all decorated. We'd turn off all the lights of the house and we'd all ooh and ah. <laughs> and then we would sit and drink hot cider and just remember. Um, remember uh, a lot of times. And we slipped away from that tradition um, over the last several years just because the kids all grew up and started going away to college. And um, this year, um, unfortunately, my son died in, in August. Oh, and um, 
when I when the kids came back together and and we were trying to figure out how to make it through mm-hmm. um, the holiday season, and what the older kids said was, um, we want to go back to that tradition because they wanted my grandson who is with us, he's seven, and they wanted him mm-hmm. um, to to remember, and it would be a good time for us to remember our son, and so we went back. Um, the day after Christmas, Thanksgiving, and we set up the tree and we oohed and odd and we sat with the lights out probably for about an hour and a half. And we just remembered old stories and it and it just brought us back together in a really wonderful way. But I between that um, and, and the snow and like you said, the lights blinking and um, the sharing of old friends, it's it's just a wonderful time to slow down and and remember. Mm-hmm. And having said all of these things, I think I also think of the folks who have terrible experiences yes. with Christmas. Yes. Um, either, you know, as you mentioned, a death in the family. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a number of folks that, that for some strange reason, too, uh, there's a lot of deaths, it seems, around right. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Christmas, New Year's. Uh, they're coping with that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, a spouse now that is fairly alone and... And I think, you know, family members sometimes pick up on that and bring them over or such. But there are people that had uh, Christmases where there was rankling and there's a mm-hmm. lot of that. So when we come to these celebrations too, even even in terms of the church, it's it's not just family lovey-dovey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that even again, going back to the texts that we have, they're not all – when we talk about the peace, it's a peace that you have to – peer into because um, these families will say where this manger scene is taking place, it's because there's an emperor that wants to count and tax you, you know, and um, we may be feeling like that's what's happening around the world today or something. Um, And there is, you know, there are families that have uh, sons or daughters in Afghanistan or they're over there. And so there, you know, I think we're not unaware, and I think at times I know we bring it up. We'll bring it up in prayers of the faithful or something like that 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 help these individuals or families realize that when it isn't the Courier and Ives fam, uh, mm-hmm. Christmas that you're part of this part of this whole celebration. Mm-hmm. And celebrating doesn't always mean that absolutely everything has been taken care right. of now, as if we were just pure children, right. mm-hmm. you know, in some kind of like. Uh, I don't know, fairyland world. Mm-hmm. And although we do have it with the trees and stuff like that to some degree, um, the the peace that's being offered is in the midst of whatever life challenges us. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have that peace here, what would we be able to yes. do? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the alternatives don't look so good. You know, like if it was turning to something like, um, I'm just going to turn to drugs or I'm going to turn to something else. I mean... Because the human spirit needs some kind of uh, solidity and I think that that's what we're celebrating a lot too, that the birth of Christ is is a call of allowing the spiritual dimensions of our life mm-hmm. and the truth of what this historical event meant to be a solidity that we can build our lives on and, and perhaps reconcile at mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. Um, or acknowledge the lack of reconciliations which may – make the next year something that we have to work towards. And so there's, there are mixtures of themes. And although we've been talking about some of the best, and, and that's what first comes to my mind, and I think that most of our minds, we're also quite aware of those people that hurt the most. Yes. And, um, and when they make it not necessarily known, I mean, by you know, shouting it out, but people pay attention. Yes. I know that in our parish congregation and others, they're paying attention to who, who is okay, who's not okay. Yes. And uh, we want to just be there. Just be there. You're not going to take it away. But at least if we're together. And that's part of the reason why worship services are important. That's right. You're with somebody. You're kind of like not hanging alone. That's right. And if anything, I mean, that's one of the reasons why whoever comes in, and especially if it's like, well, I haven't seen you in three or four months, but there's some reason why being here with others is important. All right. We're going to have to take a short break. We are talking with the Reverend Patricia Effiem from Bethel AME, Father Bob Keller from St. Paul's Catholic Center. Uh, Mary Catherine's here with me today. And uh, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, Smithville Telephone Information at smithville.net, and from Mother Bear's Pizza at motherbearspizza.com. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? On Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting south-central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael, and we have a special uh, Christmas edition of Noon Edition today. Uh, Joining us in the studio for this pre-recorded program are the Reverend Patricia Effiam from Bethel AME and Father Bob Keller, St. Paul's Catholic Center. So you can't give us a call today, but hopefully you're getting an awful lot out of the program. I know I am, mm-hmm. and it's uh, really an inspiring program. At least the first half has been, and the second half I'm sure will be even better. So we've talked about – we're talking a lot about Christmas, and we've talked a little bit about Kwanzaa, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But I just wanted to follow up on the theme, uh, Father Bob, you were talking before, and I want to ask both of you. I mean, I, I think part of what you're talking about uh, comes down to people's expectations. Mm, yeah. It's like they remember being a child. A lot of people remember being a child and how excited they were about mm-hmm. Christmas, and they have the expectation that they're going to be able to sort of go back to that happy spot, that happy mm-hmm. place. But life takes some diff- different twists and turns. So mm-hmm. how do you, you know, when, when you find people who in your congregations uh, who have um, Maybe you, you can sort of see them heading for a fall. They have these expectations mm-hmm. that things are going to be better, but you know their life is maybe not going the way they want. What, what do you do? What do you, how do you talk to them around the holiday season? Or listen. Or listen. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, the, best, the best thing is the right first question, I guess, is, is um, how are things going or what's happening or what, do you, what are you doing for Christmas? I think as pastors at times, uh, people give us – Tremendous amounts of, of rope to do that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's not something that everybody can do in the congregation. But um, I know that I think we're probably both uh, wanting to take advantage of at least asking the question and just – and then listening. And then you just kind of walk with it from there because um, – I mean I, I can remember there's a student uh, that does not want to go home mm-hmm. and uh, don't know all the things that are going on. But you know you start – postulating what could be what could be happening or something it could be anything from uh, uh, active alcoholism and um, or some other kind of you know difficulty at the family maybe there's you know yeah. bad blood going on or something like that so not every student wanted to go home uh-huh. you know uh, and so it, but you just all you can do is ask and then and then really listen try to prompt the, uh, an opportunity for them to talk about themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the holiday season mm-hmm. allows us um, some of that anyway because I think it evokes in many of us memories, whether they're good or bad, mm-hmm. um, talking about going back to the past. And so I noticed that many of my congregants, students or otherwise, um, will often – either they will carry it as a physical burden or they will approach me. Um, and quite often the way that they approach me is that they will just start to show up a little more often. They will show up at a Bible study or they – or uh, you know, and they'll begin to maybe email me and have a few more questions. So they're reaching out. And this affords us the opportunity to open that door and reach back to them in some way. I also try very hard to shift all of my messages um, wherever I have the opportunity um, to speak to this idea that Christmas was never perfect anyway for any of us. Um, mm-hmm. We remember the good things, but there are often some some terrible things or some bad memories that we have. And going into the Advent season, I, I did a sermon series, which I'm not 
likely to do very often. But um, it was built around um, Dickens' book, The Christmas Carol. So the first sermon of the series was The Ghost of Christmas Past. And we talked about looking back at the past in a very realistic way in the hopes that whatever was in our past that was painful for us, we could examine it, get rid of it, deal with it, and move on to the hope um, of a new Christmas coming. So it is that um, it, it really is dialoguing to, with them and with with people, um, being concerned about them, feeling them. Because, like I said, quite often it's their nonverbals which speak to us in in such a great way. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the rest of the the series. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> That was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. You know, in some ways, I, I think what, um, again, many of these feast days, but I think also what's probably weekly um, reflections on scriptures or yes. something, mm-hmm. put forth before us some of the more noble, noble elements of our lives. And although, uh, well, not although, I mean, the they happen in the midst of the, the crud of our lives yeah. or of our world, yeah. you know, and it's not – we're much part of the world as well. So it, it, it can't be one of those things that we're all right and they're all that's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big problem I think at times when you get a certain kind of mentality about ourselves. And I think sometimes that is an awareness for Christians to say, you know, there are other people that's in this right. world mm-hmm. or in the United <laughs> States and um, it's, it's – uh, it's kind of a struggle right now. I'm looking at it from a distance, but what's going on in Europe, like in Sw- Switzerland and all that. This is, yeah. So there's a Muslim development of peoples and, and, and they're adhering to their faith life and manifesting it in some ways. Now, granted, I don't know if I want minarets or something, but to have mosques other than, you know, they've been uh, meeting as prayerful people in um, warehouses and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the fact that now they they have economic means and they're producing, you know, a something something of a mosque. And if we're complaining, whoever the we are, but we don't have any any religious qualities to our life. I mean, we just we don't want it. But they're showing it. Well, that's an interesting struggle. So we can be kind of dominating about what we think is, you know, we're right or something. So, be that as it may, um, the nobility and the qualities of life. And I think a lot of times in Christmas, it's it is things like joy, but peace. Right. You know, and we're looking at it not just for joy for us, but why not joy for all or peace for the whole world, you know? And mm-hmm. even I think that um, Pope Benedict will have some message about peace. Mm-hmm. And then on New Year's, he'll again be talking about that. And the issues of what is why we as people can't come together. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, a uh, uh, I know our homilies for Catholics are, are probably much shorter than your preaching. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but even in that amount of time, you can only yeah. kind of put before us uh, example and it might be with story, you know, that can really bond it. But there's certain ways in which we're asking questions a lot of times. I think more than telling people that this is what it is, but it's more like, I wonder what this looks like. If the prophet in his day, Isaiah, is talking to the people. This is before the exile. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be much more catastrophe happening. Who is this people in darkness? And they see a great light. Now, what does that mean? You know, we, uh, we might have too much Cecil B. DeMille for those of us who can remember that. <laughs> but it's like spectacular, you know, and all that. And maybe this is the people that kind of had a small aha experience and they live in their own way, mm-hmm. a way that is sort of strikingly different that the kindness they showed or the care that they gave and especially to anonymous people start to take on a, a, a position that others start to say, why are they doing that? Yeah. And I'm hoping that at least for my congregation, the, the Catholics that are coming from there, if they do that, that's the best thing. They don't need to write I'm Catholic on their, on their sleeve so that everybody knows it. But wherever they work, if people notice that there's just something gracious – or wherever you know they're at home, or there's, or I, why are they bringing that bag of groceries? Oh, it's going to a shelter, or you know that kind of thing. It's just the subtleties of it. But if they're living it, the nobility of our life, that's Christmas being lived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one thing that's been on my mind a lot is I'm so very concerned about the people who are out of work right now, yes. and I think that this 
season has got to be a, a particular burden, um, especially, you know, we talk about managing expectations. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're the parent of several children and, and you're really scraping to, to get by right now, um, you know, you, you – I can only imagine the, the kinds of pain that that must um, bring to your life. And I'm wondering if you have special messages for people who are facing particular economic um, struggles right now in this season that brings its own special group of pressures along those lines. Mm-hmm. Reverend? Well, it, for me, yes, we we had a uh, prayer vigil um, and, and gave out some turkeys um, for people who had lost their jobs and were, were underemployed even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is, it, for me, it is, it is understanding the hope in whatever your situation is because the reality is that accepting Christ does not mean that we're not going to face, face life, life situations, that we are going to face death and illness and, and loss of jobs and underemployment um, and, and you know, physical abuse. There are all kinds of things that we face. Um, and, and what we can do is give people a word of encouragement. But the greatest word of encouragement that I feel that I can bring to them is that there is hope even in your situation. Um, and what that means is going to look different for every person. But, but to know that, um, you know, the, the answer is, is within me. Um, that if I trust in God enough, if I, if I believe um, that, that it's not that my situation is going to go away, but I will find the strength to deal with that situation. Um, so I had one person, for example, um, who, is, who has been – was diagnosed with MS and was out of work for – has been out of work for 28 months. Um, and just got the letter that her company is telling her that in two months, in February, she'll have to make the decision about whether she's going to return or her work will be terminated. Um, and what what I said to her in that was, so so you're really frustrated at this 28th month, but look at the provision that has been made for you. For 28 months, you have survived. You're, you have not lost your home. Your mortgage is, is not in arrears. Um, that you, food has been provided for you, and you're, you're, you have to continue to trust that that provision will be there. And certainly the church can can involve itself by, by offering training programs, by offering, you know, different things to help mm-hmm. people and to let them know that you're not alone in this, but, but, but you also have to find the hope in it. Mm-hmm. I, I think you've, you hit it right on the, right on the head there. Uh, the despair uh, without any hope yes. is... I mean the the difficulties of dealing with you know the loss of jobs. But again, I think one of the things, uh, Reverend Effian, that you've you've pointed out is that we're more than just what we did. Yes, we're more than our work. And although the income is important, I think a lot of it is the the lack of work, and uh, there's a lot of self worth that we have in that. But again, spiritual people, um, if you can start. Gra- uh, also understanding some of the other dimensions of our lives besides what we do. And that's what this message is all about too. So it it, it isn't an either-or part, but it's it's sort of the underground or the the foundation, Mm -hmm. the foundation of what it means to be human beings. And uh, we're valuable in other ways. Um, As a a follow-up to that, um, does 2009 feel different than previous years? I mean, we're, we have two wars going on. The economy is as bad as – well, maybe as worse last December. I'm not sure. Yeah. But the economy is really in a bad way. You know, we were talking about loss of jobs. Does it feel different to you this year than in uh, years past? Hmm. I, you know, one of the things uh, responding to that, Bob, uh, this year uh, in – but the particular way that we have our Christmas sharing, we call it, that's a program where, again, our congregation takes on helping families to have a Christmas mm-hmm. of some sort. Notably, we had – we usually have 60 families or so. We had 90 this year, mm-hmm. 90 asking. Mm-hmm. And among those, many of the gifts were very different. Mm-hmm. It was not your Xbox typey things but more like you know, a nice shirt or, or some, something a little bit almost more practical mm-hmm. but also uh, something nice. But it was sort of in a, a lower scale of – or from frivolity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's more a, of need than want. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and a need that would look nice but 
I need it too. Right. You know, so it, it, it was kind of a realistic thing on that. And uh, so in some ways, I think that it, it feels to me like there's less of this got to find the perfect toy. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. just wasn't yeah. as, as, as hyper today about finding that as much mm-hmm. as maybe finding a very let's, – let's find some nice – you know, I want pants and, and maybe uh, something well, to go with it. Well, let's find this person's needs. Let's help this person's needs yes. yeah. as opposed to – And they were asking for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's what they were asking for. Yeah. yeah. But uh, boy, there was something that was less hyper, you know. And, and when you think about the, the perfect toy thing, it's like after a while it kind of gets to be, wow, yeah. I'm just exhausted with it. <laughs> with what? What is this all about, right. you know? We have enough toys at home somehow or something. And so being Not a, a lot of people playing with Cabbage Patch Kids right now, I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing. Yeah. Reverend? Yeah. Well, you know, we surprisingly enough this year, we saw a, a decrease in the request for assistance. Now, you know, there's an interesting dynamic, at least from my perspective, with the black church. And that is we have always had to be so socially justice focused um, that that oftentimes we didn't see a change in the need of the congregation during a particular season because the need was constant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, we don't – I can't say that we have seen um, any direct impact. I know that it exists, mm-hmm. but I, I can't say we've seen any direct impact. Okay. Uh, we only have about ooh, eight minutes to go in the program. I want to get back to uh, Kwanzaa just briefly. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to ask you about traditions yes. for Kwanzaa. What, what's going to happen from December 26th through the 1st of January? Well, what you'll see in those families that do celebrate this in homes, and it's very much a, a family or it is, it is very much a family-oriented celebration. Um, and you'll see much lighting of candles, much decoration of the home in what we would consider to be um, traditional African colors, very vibrant, um, and claws covering the table, but just a reminder that much like we would do with Christmas, that there is some recognition of the beginning of the season, uh, lots of candle lighting, and then some of the more traditional things like a pouring of a libation, um, which is a, a beverage that is poured out um, generally outside of a door and is poured out in honor of those who have come before, our ancestors, um, recognizing the work um, that that they put into this life and just honoring them in in wherever you know in the in the passing of their lives and what they have done for us um, and and some not so much and I think it's becoming more of a contemporary uh, addition to Kwanzaa and that is gift giving it was never about the gift giving but I notice now that on the seventh day there will be an exchange of gifts but but those seven days are sacred. Um, in the sense that they gather the family together for a meal, um, a candle is lit, and the recognition of those principles that you talked about earlier, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's what you can expect from that. And that's oh, wait, I got to follow up with that. Okay, that's sure. a, that's completely compatible then with Christianity. That's do you you know I noticed you mentioned the um, one of the tenets is faith. Yes. So yes. it could be whatever faith you happen to be of. Ab- oh, absolutely. It is completely compatible, um, and that's the beauty of it. I think is that you know. It it is a way, once again, you know, to recognize the love of people and the love that we share with one another, a chance for us to stop and pause and remember who we are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Are there traditional foods? There are not. No. Um, I, I would say that more soul food, uh-huh. uh, more traditional, <laughs> you know, uh, would be on the agenda. But no, there are not. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, that starts uh, tomorrow, That's the 26th, correct. and we'll go on through the New Year. That's correct. New Year's Day. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, in the last few minutes, I, I want to ask both of you. I mean, we're, the, the program's being aired at from noon to one on Christmas Day. What are you going to do the rest of the day? What's what's on the agenda for um, for you, Father Bob, and for you, Reverend Effiem, for the rest of Christmas Day? You're asking about the planned possibilities. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You never know what could happen. Uh, it could be the last person walking out of the Mass and something is said and we need to sit down and talk, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. But in terms of planning, I think that... Uh, Myself, I'm a Dominican priest and so a Dominican is a, one of the religious orders. And so there are four of us here as a community and so we're planning to have an evening supper. And Brother Benedict is the chief chef but all the rest of us elves <laughs> will be chipping in and we're just going to spend time with ourselves. Uh, Advent is a very, very busy time and of course the last few days have been uh, – giving out. And so I think that there's also a need to be refreshed inside. And mm-hmm. we uh, 
we do love spending time with, with the brothers, mm-hmm. and so we'll we'll have <clears throat> six o'clock dinner. Okay, all right. And for me, it will be time with the family. Uh, we will gather back at home, and of course, open presents. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a nice dinner, and and just spend that time with one another. Mm-hmm. I hope it's great. It's it will be. Thank right. you. Well, we still have a few minutes, I, I, so I want to give you the opportunity again to just talk about. You know, it is Christmas Day, so we can talk about the you know the messages of Christmas and what you hope that people will be thinking about uh, as they watch their uh, football game or whatever they're doing <laughs> this afternoon. They're playing with their Xbox that maybe a few yeah. people got. Uh, Maybe they could take a break from that. Uh (laughs) You know, uh, be sure you're aware of the people that are around that house. And somebody is probably doing the cooking, so they probably could use some little help. Mm -hmm. And sometimes doing some of those things together or the dishes or something like that and a little – a little more aware of a, a kindness because we're appreciative as you've so often mentioned to Just appreciate mm-hmm. you know, what we have and it's like um, aside from any of the gifts that we would have gotten, I mean we were already gifted mm-hmm. and God willing, we, we, we'd be a little bit more aware of that because um, funny thing is those gifts sometimes get lost or they'll get broken sure. or wear out or something. But the gifts that are given to us, yes. they don't and they could magnify if we, if we give them really a, a spiritual chance. So we really have to be more – a little bit more reflective, mm-hmm. a little more appreciative. Mm-hmm. And my, my – I just again echo that. Um, Christmas is a time of us being together and there are so many who – who don't have a time together, that it is my hope in the future that that we will be able to feed. We do feeding around Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I would love to see our congregation become giving enough that on Christmas Day we would actually be a gathering place for families um, and individuals to come gather and and have a meal together, not just for the purpose of eating, but for the purpose of fellowshipping to make that um, really special. So that would require Mm -hmm. us to to sacrifice a little bit of the Xbox and the football game, um, but to recognize there, there are 12 good hours in that day mm-hmm. and even if we could share two hours with another human being, um, that that would be an incredible gift. And to those people who may not be feeling uh, that good today, we talked about that a little sure. bit earlier. A message? I think there is hope. Mm-hmm. Please don't give up on that. Don't give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, if you give – a lot of times if you give another person half a chance – they will be. They will pay attention, mm-hmm. and so your story is important. And um, there are ears, and I know that as a pastor, but there are other ears too. But who want to hear even about the pain? Yes. Mm-hmm. That that is an important story to hear. So if you need to tell, please tell. Okay, Reverend. Last well, word? and and last I, word? well, I would say <laughs> that that a lot of people who are alone or lonely on this day is because they have lost trust. They've lost trust in humanity, in other human beings, um, and somehow, if they can, they can trust enough just to reach out. That Bloomington is an incredible community. Um, there are churches, there are pastors, there are people who want to be there and be present with you. Um, and if you can allow yourself that one one moment of trust, um, then then there is hope. Mm-hmm. Well, Merry Christmas to both of you. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, Bob. Merry Christmas. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. I want, to, I want to thank our guests today, the Reverend Patricia Effiam from Bethel AME and Father Bob Keller from St. Paul's Catholic Center. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Ariana Prothero and engineer Mike Bashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering pizzas, pasta dinners, and wings with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery.